The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. John 15 verses 1 through 14. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch to me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Good morning, guys. So every family finds their own unique way to work together, right? And so Erica and I, we've kind of found our own strengths and weaknesses within the marriage, and we try to complement each other as much as possible, right? Uh, and so typically if something breaks in the house, if it's something physical, if it's something inanimate, I'm the one who goes in to try to figure it out, or more likely than not, if I don't know how to do it, as is so often the case, I at least know the right plumber, the right electrician, uh, the right next step to get the person into the house who can actually fix whatever isn't working, right? So typically inanimate objects fall on me, but if it's alive, Erica is definitely the one you want to call. Right? So she's the one who takes care of our dog better than I do. I know this. I will own that. And she's also the one who takes care of all the plants in and around our house. And that is both very important for you to understand. Inside our house is like a jungle with all types of different plants growing up the walls and into the windows, and it's absolutely gorgeous. But then also outdoors, she takes care of the vegetables, she takes care of the trees, she takes care of the planting new flowers. My wife is an absolute godsend when it comes to gardening. And she's always looking for ways to bring out the best in whatever plant, whatever flower, whatever tree she's trying to take care of. And in fact, when this cold snap came in, she was already bringing all of the plants inside that she could because she knew as a good gardener, hey, if we want to see these plants flourish, the way to do that is to protect them from this coming cold. We had actually bought a, uh, a hand cart that you would normally use for moving. That's what we use to move all of the really heavy uh, different planters that we have to get them inside and outside of the house. Now, the reason why I bring that up is because we're going to be talking a lot about the imagery and the analogy of a gardener today. That's what Jesus is talking about when he's telling his disciples, hey, guys, God is like a gardener in your life. And he wants to use all that he knows about you, all that he knows about life, to bring out the best in you, right? So scripture is going to start off with John 15, and it says this. I am the true vine, 
and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. See, a gardener's job is to understand each individual plant and understand how to bring out the best in that plant, how to make it flourish, how to nurture it, how to care for it, how to make sure it gets all the right minerals that it can do what plants do best, grow and reproduce and make life. And what Scripture is really clear on is that God is the expert in you and in me and how to make us grow how to make us reflect all the life, all the love, all the promise, all the truth that he has for this new humanity. We have a God who knows intimately how to bring out the best in you, and not so that you can be happy, healthy, and wealthy, right? Now, that may come, but that's not God's chief purpose. Instead, God's chief purpose is to bring out those fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of a pandemic or a polar vortex, self-control, gentleness, faithfulness. All these fruits that are so missing in the world where you look around what's happening in our communities or in our families or in our politics or in how countries deal with one another, and you're like, there's so much brokenness there. What we see in Scripture is we have a God who says, no, I want to produce something different in you as my children. And we have a God who specializes in bringing that out of us as his children, as a gardener would to plants. So we're going to be using that analogy as we go throughout this Scripture because Jesus follows through and kind of unpacks why he's using that. John continues on. And it says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now this is interesting because sometimes as Christians, we can focus on the forgiveness of sins as the main point of what God is trying to do in our lives. And do not hear me that when I do not hear that I am saying that forgiveness of sins is not important to why Jesus came. No, 100% John says, here comes the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world, the brokenness of the world, the times where we didn't act out of good fruit, but we acted out of bad fruit, where we acted like the rest of the world, where we were selfish or conceited or vain, right? All that brokenness. He came. But the reality is that forgiveness of sins comes with a purpose. It's not just to wipe a slate clean, But instead, as Jesus would say to his disciples, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. You see, forgiveness of sins is not the end goal. Forgiveness of sins is the means, is the purpose, which gets us toward the end goal, which gets us toward being able to be fruitful and have a life with God. And so the forgiveness of sins is like the heartbeat that pumps all the blood to everywhere else, to the rest of our bodies, so that we can live as disciples, as children of God. But forgiveness of sins is not the end goal. 
And again, the reason why I bring that up is sometimes within the church, we can say, oh, no, 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 Jesus just wants to forgive you of your sins. One day in heaven, everything will be okay. And there's this massive gap in between now, where we stand as forgiven, and end times, once we're with God eternally. And the beauty of Scripture is that, no, the new humanity, what God wants to do, is a present active force in our life and in our families and in our communities and in our world. And that's what Jesus is getting at in John 15. Again, continuing on, remain in me, Jesus says, as I also remain in you. See, no, fr- no fruit can bear, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is one of my favorite analogies. Because so often as Christians, we can look at our lives and how we're not reflecting God. And how we may have failed to love as he would love or we're we're not having peace Instead, it's anxiety that's just beating down on us. And we can start to beat ourselves up. And we try to work our way out of the situation. And the best part about being a fruit, if you think about an apple or an orange or anything that grows, what is the key point? Do they wake up every morning and the apple says to itself, you know what? I've got to be a really good apple today. I've got to work harder. I've got to be smarter. No, no. An apple becomes an apple, an apple grows, an apple flourishes by remaining connected to the branch, by remaining connected to the source of its life, the plant itself. And what Jesus says is, guys, I am the vine. I am the roots. I am the source of all the fruit that's going to come from you. And if you stay connected to me, if you stay in rhythm with me, if you stay in sync with what I am doing, all the other stuff is going to naturally produce joy and patience and kindness, gentleness. He says, when you're with me, that is the natural response that's going to grow out of you. And so as we talk through this new humanity, as we go through this whole series, realize that you do not have a God who is trying to put one more burden on your shoulders. Instead, he's saying, guys, as you spend time with me, as you reflect on Scripture, as you allow me to shape and form your mind, as opposed to letting our minds be shaped and formed by all the voices in the world. And there are so many voices, right? There are so many different powers here on earth that are saying, hey, if you connect yourself to me, you'll be secure. If you connect yourself to this job or to this bank account or to this party or this organization, then then you'll be okay. When in reality, no, Jesus says something pretty different. John 15 goes on It says, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. You see, such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Now, this is a hard section of Scripture, but disconnecting from Jesus and connecting ourselves to another source of life always ends only one way. We end up withering because it's not real life that we're connecting ourselves to. See, we're designed to bear fruit, 
But if we take our apple and say, I'm going to go connect myself to this other plant, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't connect us to anything that's going to bring out God's life, God's love. And eventually we end up withering. And again, all of us struggle with this in different forms. And that's one of the reasons why we continually go back to the forgiveness of sins week in, week out as the church, where we create spaces and times for confession to be able to say, you know what, God, this week I looked for life outside of you. I bought into the lies of the world. We confess, but then, as Jesus said, you have already been made clean. The forgiveness of sins is an active state in our life. And when we confess, 1 John tells us that God is gracious and true, and he forgives us our sins. And that heartbeat, that life, reconnects us back into the vine that is Jesus and allows us to again start to be, grow and produce that fruit that God is seeking in our life. If you remain in me, in my words, Jesus says, remain, and those words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. You see, this is for my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I love this section of Scripture. So it talks about what is the witness? How do we witness who our God is? And Jesus doesn't say by winning an argument. Jesus doesn't say by proving that I am the Son of God, you will prove to be my disciples. No, Jesus says that by bearing much fruit, you will be a witness to who I am. You will bear witness to being my disciples. And you see that fruit of God? That love when the world is screaming at us that we should be hating what's happening right now? That joy? That even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of an ice storm or a pandemic, we can still find that calm delight? Patience when it would otherwise be tested? You see, that fruit produces a platform that we then get to express and share the full gospel of who Jesus is and why he came, because he didn't want to just produce fruit in us. He wanted to produce fruit in the entire world, this new humanity that could change the world. Another section of scripture, Jesus tells his disciples, the world will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Because at the end of the day, that, that's what he's after, is this all-encompassing, all-transforming love that first transforms us from the inside, but then starts transforming everything else around us, a new humanity that is ever-growing, that is ever-blessing its neighbor and being blessed by its neighbor. But, but if that's true, if the world will know us by our fruit, well, is the world seeing our fruit right now? Or are they seeing other things in the church? And I'm, I'm talking little C churches here. Whether it's Acts Church Leander, whether it's first insert denominational church of insert city, insert town, whether it's folks who say they are Christian and then post things that do not reflect the fruit of God in their life. 
You see, all of us have to wrestle with that question. What fruit is being produced, and how is the world seeing it? Because I think that's where my heart begins to break. Is that when I look over the last year, and those who confess Christ, myself included sometimes, and yet then are showing or advocating for fruit that is so against what God is for. Because we have tied ourselves to the powers of this world. We've connected our individual fruit into a source that will not give us the life that reflects God and what God's trying to do. But we have a God who has a plan to bring out the best in us. Again, Jesus continues on. He says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you all of this so that my joy may be complete in you and that your joy may be complete. Church, this is good news. That if you want to have complete joy, Joy that the world cannot give, that the world cannot comprehend, but that the world can see. That your neighbors, that your children, that all who are far off can look and say, there is something different going on here. And not just externally, but internally. A joy that transcends, that transforms all of the muck that's in this world. Jesus says, guys, when you remain in me and in my love, and share that love. He says, your joy will be complete. That's the good news. That through the forgiveness of sins, we connect to something deeper. We come alive. And in that life, there is joy regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what's happening with our physical bodies. On days where we feel great, on days when we're sick, Jesus says that my joy may be complete in you. On days when we have plenty, on on days when there is scarcity, Jesus says that you may have joy complete. See, that's the good news. That's what God is after. And then he drives it home in this. He says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. See, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's own friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus is all about love. That's where this is headed. That's why he came. This active love that seeks the good of others, that fights for others, that brings out the best in others, that allows us to be gardeners in other people's lives, to realize how our actions can bring out the best in another person. See, that's the good news. That's the new humanity that our God is seeking in us as his children. And he wants to be a gardener to us. He wants to set us up for success to bear that fruit. But part of that, there is a responsibility on us then to have to reflect and say, okay, God, what parts of my life are fruitful and what parts of my life are starting to wither? What are things, voices, time that I'm spending that's drawing me closer to you? And when are times where I'm actually not being drawn closer to you? 
Because all of us have areas in our life where we are still, at least in part or parcel, trying to have it both ways. Where we're saying, yes, God, I want to remain in you. I want to remain in your love. I want to remain in everything that you were giving us as your children. But I also kind of want to hang out in this camp, too. I want to connect myself to these voices that when I listen to them, I don't love my neighbor as myself. I actually get angry at my neighbor because they think differently than I do or they act differently than I do. Yeah, God, God, I, I want that joy. I want that peace. I want that gentleness. But, but this group over here or this opportunity, it makes me feel good sometimes. But in that dose of fake joy, we, we lose out on the joy being made complete as a disciple of Jesus, as a son or daughter of the living God, as someone connected to the true source of life that has come to give us life and life abundantly, as Jesus said. As we enter into the season of Lent, my challenge, my hope, is that you join us as we look at these last 24 hours of Jesus' life that we see how he responded to us and how sometimes his disciples responded back to him, that we can open up our hearts, that we can spend some time in meditation, in reflection, re-grafting ourselves back into the vine that ultimately is going to bring us that joy that's complete, that love that is active, not as a one-term, one-moment thing, but says, no, daily I'm going to lay down my life for those around me. That like the chief gardener, we can be mini-gardeners in one another's life, fighting for one another, strengthening one another, seeing God's fruit continue to expand further and further out till it envelops the whole world. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.